Wow. Dating is super de-duper, de-duperty hard. I get it. I feel ya. And my amazing listeners and followers probably didn't see life before Austin. Now I'm in a committed relationship. Praise Jesus. But there was a really, really long time when I was single and I had to date and I had to learn the ins and outs and I had to do all the things and I had to show up. And by golly, it was really, really tough. So I am here today as the best friend across from the table at brunch with you with a big old mimosa saying, let's not make the same mistakes I did, friends. And it's it's hard to really digest exactly what you're doing wrong, but I think that it's really important. And I'm going to narrow some mistakes I've made in the past when it came to dating, what I was doing wrong, and also some misunderstandings along the way. You're never going to be perfect at dating. It's not a sport. There's not a gold medal at it. I mean, everyone is working hard at this every single day. And this goes for when you're single, when you're in a committed relationship, when you're engaged and you're married. So I can only imagine how difficult things are going to get later in life as we're together longer. But you can start now by narrowing in your focus on some of your priorities and your standards and the way you choose to spend your time. So I'm going to say no more. Let's get straight to it. Here are three of the biggest mistakes I made in dating when I was single. What's up, world? It's Kelly Hall. You're misunderstood. And we've got some misunderstandings and dating today on the show because everyone wants to hear more relationship stuff and advice. And I think it's funny because, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself like this huge dating guru, but I guess I have a lot of advice to give because, wow, I really went through some interesting single stories and phases and dating moments in my single years. And somehow, I mean, I guess I ended up with a pretty wonderful person. So you're right. You should listen to my dating advice. No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, really, I want to dissect three main things today that I think you might be making the same mistakes in. And you just need some fresh perspective in dating. I mean, being single, it was great. Being single really gives you a chance to cultivate independence and priorities and standards and help you focus on your career and your friendships and your family. I really, really embodied that when I was single. I really did because, you know, at the time, I think when you first enter your 20s or you graduate college, like you think, you know, you just saw so many college sweethearts get married. So, Maybe there's something wrong if you're not in a super serious relationship. Well, that's not the case. I think it is extremely beautiful to be single in your 20s because I am by no means the same person I was when I was 21. When I graduated college, oh my gosh, I had, you know, goals and dreams and standards, but I definitely wasn't as outspoken. I definitely wasn't as passionate. I mean, I I didn't even have a voice yet. Like I didn't know what to speak about yet or speak on yet because I just didn't have enough experience in the world. And then you start gaining this experience and you start gaining these perspectives on life and you realize, oh, wow, 
maybe my partner needs to align with that. So you really can't even begin to look for a partner until you are established yourself. So keep that in mind to my young 20-year-olds out there who maybe you're stressing out and are like, oh my gosh, everyone's meeting someone or people have been dating for two to five years and they're going to get engaged soon. No. First of all, no timeline in life. And you've heard that a million times, but it's true. But second, what you're doing right now being single, establishing yourself and your life and your priorities, super, super important. And also is going to pay off when you get into your serious relationship later in life. So with that said, I'm going to get into the first thing, which is I would say there is a giant misunderstanding about your time and your availability. So one of the things that I did wrong and made mistakes in while I was single and while I was dating would be making myself too available. So, you know, I was I was that person. I was bright-eyed and excited to meet my life partner. And early on in my 20s when I was dating, I mean, if the super cute guy from the grocery store or a really awesome guy I met on Bumble, like wanted to see me or ask me out or go on a date, clear my schedule. I'm there. And then, you know, I think that's important. Like, I think you should put your best foot forward and schedule that first date or that second date. But there's also a balance and make yourself too available. So I mean that in, you know, when you start dating and maybe you've gone on one date with someone and they say like, let's see each other again in two days, you know, have time for yourself. Establish your your calendar and your schedule first. So for example, I was making myself too available. I was seeing, I was going on dates with people like three dates in a week and a half. Like that's just too much. You need to have some space in between. You need to see how things really cycle through and how you feel. So later on in my 20s, I'm happy that I started seeing that trend. I was making myself too available Typically, that would gain to him becoming disinterested because he was seeing me too much. Like there was, you know, no curiosity and really no question. Like he just knew, oh, if I ask Kelly, like she's going to want to go. And you've got to leave that sense of wonder and leave them, you know, interested in seeing you whenever you are available. So I picked up on that. But then another thing I realized was that priority, you know, that I was talking about when you're single, setting those priorities. So by 25, 26, I realized, you know, I'm single and what are the things that are making me the happiest? Number one was my friends. My friends were making me so, so happy and they still do obviously, but my nights out with them are sacred. So why am I blowing off a Friday night with my girlfriends to go on a date or a first date with someone who hasn't earned that yet? Keyword being earn. So I was like, no, I I will go on, you know, first dates or second dates or whatever during the week, but my priority now is my friends. And it is going to take a super, super special guy to move that priority list down, right? So number one was my friends and number two was my career. So again, you know, I – Yes, your career is super important, but I mean on a level of what I'm stressing out about after hours, after work, you know, I would put in my time during the day, but then I would leave my work at home. But all in all, 
there really wasn't going to be someone who was going to walk in and shake things up and make me take time away from my career. That just wasn't what was going to happen. So that effort and that passion I was pouring into took a priority, say, over dating. And, you know, three was my my family, my long-distance friends, my trips, you know, things like that. But I was really making a priority for of what mattered to me. And in turn, that made me less available to date. But it also made me strategize who I was going to date because if they were worthy of mixing up that priority list, you know, they would have to stand the test of time. So to narrow it down even more, when I met Austin, I I mean, I was just really, really just embracing those priorities. I had embodied what was important to me. And like I said, it wasn't that dating wasn't important. It was that dating the right guy was important. So making myself not as available to maybe the wrong guys because the right guy will stand the test of time. So, you know, he started talking to me and we started going on dates. But when he would ask me when I was free, I kid you not, it would be like every week and a half. At one point, we had like two weeks in between when we saw each other. And I just keep kept telling myself that if this guy really cares and if he really wants to see me, he will wait. You know, and, and if there's other women he's talking to, other women he's pursuing that he's seeing in between dates, okay, that's fine. Because if he's meant to be with those people, he will be with those people. But if he's meant to be with me, he will be with me and he will want to see me and he will be excited to see me. That's exactly what happened. You know, it wasn't about taking things from zero to 60 in under a week and seeing each other every single day. It was really standing the test of time. And I honored my priorities. I honored my friends. I honored my work and my career and my family and my trips and my passions and what I was doing at the time. So dating was, you know, fourth or fifth on my priority list. But as I mentioned before, you see who is worth it. Who is worth shaking up that priority list? And maybe you start reestablishing some of your priorities. And as we got further along in dating, you know, whether it was month five, six, seven, and he proved that value and he added to my life and he made me become a better person, suddenly he's moving up that priority list. Now he's very much number one in my life. He takes priority over every single thing in my life. But I think that there's a lot to be said about who you're giving your time to. What are you giving your time to? You know, it's not a game. It's not playing hard to get. It's not turning down a date because you're like, nope, can't be too available. I'm going to binge watch Netflix all night. It's look at your your schedule. Look at your planner. Look at how you are spending your time. Are you devoting it to what matters in your life? Because if you're honoring your priorities and then the right person comes in, they are going to honor those priorities too. And they aren't going to battle with you. They're going to work with you. And they're going to understand that they're earning that placement at the top of your priority list. So I hope that makes sense about really not making yourself too available. Because now I am so, so grateful that during 
you know, my 20s and my single years, I honored my time with my friends. I honored all that time I poured into my career to get me to where I am now. And I honored all of those passions. Thank God. Thank God I was modeling and doing photo shoots and, you know, building my business as a photographer. Instead of just pining and pining and pining for the wrong people, I really honored those priorities in my life. And now Austin is first in my life, but he earned that spot coming in and, you know, being the best person I've ever met in my life. So when you look down and you set those priorities, remember how sacred that is. Have that sacred conversation with yourself. Next, that goes right into my second mistake I made in dating, other than making myself too available, is I didn't set my non-negotiables really early on. And Yes, I think that you gradually you you f- do figure out like what is a non-negotiable maybe through dating. But the sooner the better that you discover like what is absolutely something that you will not negotiate with, it's going to help really filter through the dating process. So, for example, I knew, you know, early on when I was dating whether I was in high school or in college, I was like, okay, he has to be a Christian. Check. Like, has to believe in God. Check. That was super important to me. And then I was like, okay, I want someone who is type A and driven. Check. Or um, I wanted someone who is successful. Check. You know, like, these are things I I thought was like a non-negotiable. But through time, I really evaluated and through dating, I definitely evaluated what became a non-negotiable for me. And this became easier as I was single to date. So for me, I realized type A wasn't really enough because type A could be a lot of different things. Like you could be super motivated and super driven, but then sometimes that comes with, you know, people being controlling or people having bad qualities as a type A person, um, people not being very flexible or, you know, different negative aspects of type A. So I learned, all right, maybe I'm not looking for someone who's type A, but I am looking for someone who is passionate and driven. Um, So that became one of my non-negotiables. Believing in God was one of my non-negotiables. Family was huge. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not going to judge anyone for like their family circumstances. Um, But I really wanted to see just how they reacted to family because I wasn't in a place where I was going to judge anyone on their family history or their family situation. God knows my family situation isn't perfect, but I have undeniable respect for my parents you know, and I would never say anything poor about my parents or my sisters. And sometimes I would date people and they had terrible relationships or would speak really poorly about their family members. And I just thought about how that was a characteristic I was never going to understand because that's so important to me. So that was a, a big non-negotiable for me. And then another thing was personality. Wow. You know, you, I think this takes some fine tuning in the dating world to really understand what personality is going to fit you best. And this is for like the pro daters out there who have dated lots of people. Um, A non negotiable for me was being social. And I learned this through a lot of time of dating different people. After dating, you know, the 
social butterflies or the flirts or the more reserved type and then the shy type. And I've t- I dated so many types of people and then ultimately figured out that if they weren't similar to my personality, they would truly just never get me. You know, like I was dating guys who were just like, why are you talking to everyone? And I was like, I, I, I like everyone. I want to talk to everyone. They're like, yeah, but like if we go to a party or a bar, I don't see you the entire time. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just want to catch up with everyone and see them. And it was like an ongoing argument with several different people because they didn't get me and how I was. And so over time, I realized like I just needed someone who understood my drive and understood my personality that I didn't really have to explain myself to because explaining myself was getting very exhausting. So that turned into a non-negotiable, which was being social and being naturally social, not just like I can talk to a stranger if I absolutely have to, um, you know, at social events or like when I meet your boss, I mean naturally, genuinely social. And, you know, you need to stop looking for just the red flags and really start looking for the green lights. Because when you see, when you meet people who really fit into these non-negotiables, I mean, that's a green light. That's great. You know, that's, that's huge because those are the things that you didn't want to negotiate for in a partner. And, you know, a lot of women are looking for red flags, but they haven't even really taken the time to see those green lights, see the good in that guy. Girl, I get it. Like some red flags are just red flags you can't live with. But I think like meeting Austin, I was in a place where I actually wanted to be single. I mean, I had just accepted my orders to Los Angeles. There was just no reason for me to get into a relationship. Literally 0% of me was looking. Of course, that's when God always says, well, here he is. Um, but I really wasn't. And so I had started seeing Austin and talking to him and then going on dates and then going on dates pretty consistently. And I kind of got to that point after a couple months where I assessed it and I said, okay, is this someone I should continue seeing or should we kind of like call it? Because I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste his time. And I remember having this conversation with several people because I was moving And I, you know, at this point, I'm like, I'm eight months away from moving. Does it make sense for me to be dating someone? And I just kept coming back to the same thing. There was no reason that I should not continue seeing him. I mean, at that point, he was literally everything I kept telling others I was looking for and telling myself I was looking for because I had set those non-negotiables with myself. I said I wanted someone who believed in God, who had family at the center of his heart, who was social, who was driven. And then I kept getting to know Austin and I was like, he literally meets all of these non-negotiables, but this is the worst time for me to get into relationship. And ultimately he exceeded all of my expectations. But I'm just so grateful I set those non-negotiables first because if I had it, I probably wouldn't have identified those qualities in him and I could have dismissed him. I could have been like, oh, whatever. It just doesn't work for me right now. Bye. 
And I obviously would have missed out on a life-changing relationship. So have that conversation with you privately. You know, it's not a debate to have with friends or with your mom or your parents or what have you. It's really something that you have to decide yourself. What are the key three to four things that you will not negotiate on? And once you figure those out, you're going to start identifying it quick and future partners because, you know, if they are not family oriented, if they're not driven, if they don't, you know, if they're not a Christian or, you know, don't want to raise their family a certain way, whatever it is, you're like, well, just saved myself a few months of texting you and don't have to worry about that anymore. But it's true. And there, I, I believe that there's only one person for everyone. So you get to that person that is for you sooner and closer. All right. And on my final note of three mistakes that I've made in dating, there is a difference to me between being hopeful and having faith. And I would say that having faith is more important than just being hopeful. I think hope can be a little bit dangerous. And I'll explain why. Whenever you're really hopeful about a relationship or really hopeful you're going to meet someone, sometimes that hope is derived into something a little bit more toxic, potentially. Potentially, you're so hopeful that you choose to bypass those red flags or you bypass those non-negotiables. You bypass things that are really, really important because you're so hopeful things will work out. And I tell you, if you are busy trying to fix someone, not a good sign there, lovely. You should not be fixing, 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 fixing. You know, especially as you get older and you are 26, 27, 28, 29, especially in your 30s. I mean, those guys are fundamentally the way that they are and are probably not really going to change that much anytime soon. I think that guys have the ability to fine tune these qualities, but if they are, you know, not good natured at heart, if they are not very driven, if they are pretty lazy, like these are things that they have established in their life and qualities about them that are probably not going to change. So that hope can be kind of dangerous. And let's also talk about forcing things to work. Like ultimatums, my dear. If you are giving anyone an ultimatum, that's a really dangerous territory to be wading into. Because why would you want to force someone into being with you? It's actually the most beautifully natural thing in the universe when two people decide that they genuinely just want to be together, equal. You know, not one person pressuring the other person or vice versa. You equally decide that that is what you want to do, that you want to be together and that it's it's easy and it's an effortless decision because that is what matters and that is your person. And forcing is not the answer. I don't think you can trick or you can force because you're so hopeful it's going to work out or like this guy just seems so perfect. All very, very dangerous territory. Instead, I think that being faithful is important. 
having your faith, just believing. You know, I there were so many times when I didn't get it. I didn't get the timing of my life. I didn't get why I wasn't meeting someone. I didn't understand. I mean, even at the Naval Academy, I wholeheartedly thought I was going to meet the man of my dreams at the Naval Academy. I mean, the odds were forever in my favor. The ratio there is one to 20, male to female. Like, what? Or female to male, I should say. Like, yeah, I should have met the man of my dreams at the Naval Academy. Well, here we are. I met a civilian and I fell in love with him. It's never what you expect it to be. And so I just kept praying, praying and praying and praying. And I challenge you, if you're in a spot in your life where you don't get it, you don't get the timing, you're frustrated, you're, you know, you're alone and you're ready for that partner, I promise you keeping that faith is going to be the most important thing that you do. Keeping that faith, understanding those non-negotiables, celebrating yourself is going to make it even more worth it. And you truly don't get it until you meet the person. And then you reflect and you think about everything you had to go through in order to be ready for this relationship because it's really something that you have to be ready for and all the challenges that you're about to face together and everything you're about to go through. And when you do find that person, you want to be emotionally and spiritually and personally ready for that person because, I mean, nothing's worse than meeting the man of your dreams and you're like, well, I'm not emotionally available. Like, girl, let's get there. Let's be emotionally available. So faith is important. I think hope can be a little dangerous. Being hopeful, being hopeful, always trying, always forcing, always pushing and pushing and pushing, but just believing and having faith and spending that time being single or alone, reflecting on what you do want. You know, focusing on, like we mentioned, those priorities of your friends and your passions and your jobs not making yourself too available, and setting those non-negotiables. Those are three mistakes I definitely was making early on in my 20s. Um, you know, I can't even say dating in high school. I mean, come on. What are we are – are any of us really doing that right besides the high school sweethearts? Probably not. But I reflect back now, and I think that I had to fine-tune those qualities in myself before I was really ready for someone like Austin who was going to come in and change my life and shake things up and say, you know what? We're doing this thing together forever. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening. But then deep down, you're like, I can because I've been preparing myself emotionally and spiritually for someone like him. So I hope that this helps you guys. I it's it's always so crazy to dissect these things because it feels like I went through this journey yesterday, which I pretty much did. I mean, that time in my 20s spent self-reflecting, prioritizing myself and what I wanted and who I wanted to become, I still benefit from today. Because Austin and I truly were our own people with our own lives and our own passions and priorities. And came together and were sure of what we wanted. And that has made things so clear moving forward because we could set everything out on the table from the start, like what we were looking for in a partner, what we wanted. And 
now things that were coming across, there's not really any surprises because we were already aware of who we were to our core to begin with. So to review, stop making yourself too available. Let's get those priorities written down, what matters, and let's honor those priorities, okay? Second, set those non-negotiables. I mean, write them down in a journal, post-it note. I had them in my head. I knew what I wanted. But set those non-negotiables now. It's a little bit of homework for you, but it's so, so important. And last, realize that hope is not the same as faith. Let's start having a little less hope. Hopeful, hopeful, hopeful. Forcing, forcing, forcing. Forcing these to work. Fixing a person. And let's start having faith and believing in the process. Thanks, guys. Hopefully that cleared up some misunderstandings in dating and that you don't t- you don't make the same mistakes as I do. Hey, world. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have 10 seconds of your time, please consider going to rate my podcast on iTunes. You can find me on iTunes and Spotify and also follow me on Instagram at misunderstood.podcast or at Kelly Renee Hall. I love hearing from you guys. I love feedback, insight, and I appreciate you tuning in week by week. Thanks so much. And I appreciate you continuing to find out how we can get a better understanding of ourselves.